All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Defenders of the Bank with Philly and the No Voice Scarf. Yeah, no doubt. My voice is pretty hoarse after today. <laughs> we are currently situated in room 128 of the Park Lane Suites Hotel, two blocks away from Bank of California Northwest. Wait, wait. <laughs> what's, I'm what's sorry. I meant LAFC Park. No, 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 no. That's I'm, not it either. I mean Providence Park. Providence. We are calling this episode Welcome Home Timbers. Scarf and I are hard at work trying to make sure that you all have something to listen to on your way home. Let's see how this turns out. We are utterly filthy <laughs> from three beer showers and probably more. And Actually, our, four. One of them was called offside, right? Yeah, that's right. That's had, right. We had another beer shower. Yeah, but the, uh, the beer shower wasn't offsides. It was definitely onsides. <laughs> on my left side, on my right side, right? on my head side, all that other stuff. But yeah, we're, uh, we're trying to get you a podcast here. We're going to see how this turns out. On today's show, we'll bring you the same topics that we normally do. We're going to cover this day in LAFC history. We're going to bring you our wait, what? what moment of the game. We're going to give you the match recap, of course, today against the Portland Timbers. And we'd like to give you our thoughts on Portland, the city the fans, the atmosphere. It was pretty incredible, wouldn't you say, Scarfy? Everything about Portland has been fantastic, except for Kevlar Johnny, and we'll talk about him We'll in talk about that second. schmuck later. But no, Portland has been an incredibly accepting city for the black and gold, at least their fans. We appreciate them opening their park for us so that we could take three points from them. <laughs> but honestly, the, the fans, the city incredibly welcoming everyone did make sure to let us know that for 90 minutes they were going to hate us with every fiber of their being but honestly for every minute other than that it has been an incredible incredible experience here in the beautiful rose city of portland this was not my first time but i know philly it was your first time in portland and we, we've, we've just been having a great time Dude, fantastic city. The weather was fantastic. I mean, 80 degrees and sunny. You couldn't have asked for a better day. In fact, I think one Timber fan said, hey, thank you for coming and visiting our city, but thank you for bringing in the nice weather. So (laughs) Portland apparently hadn't been that nice prior to LAFC rolling into town. But, you know, let's get started while we still have some voices. So, Scarfy, this day in LAFC history, what do we got, brother? That's right. This day in LAFC history, of course, we opened up Providence Park, or at least the newly renovated Providence Park, on the 1st, but most of you will be listening to this on the 2nd of June, and that was a pretty cool day in LAFC history. Last year, June 2nd, 2018, unfortunately, LAFC lost 2-1 to FC Dallas, but it was the LAFC debut of Shaft Brewer Jr. Don't, Don't blink 28. 28. Dude, we love this guy, Shaft. We can't wait to have you on the podcast. We know we've been working on it and trying to get you on. It's going to be an incredible interview when we finally get you on the pod. But again, June 2nd, 2018, though we lost 2-1 to FC Dallas, it was the debut of Shaft Brewer Jr. And that is this day in LAFC history. Like I said, our voices are going. Let's get into this match recap before I don't have a voice box anymore. Well, one of the reasons, Philly, that you don't have a voice was right before the match with our wait, what, what moment of the day. <laughs> and and you got something fun started there, by the way. Shout out to Ken. Hope you're listening. Take in this whole next segment. Oh, dude, it was it was crazy. We were watching everything start and all that other stuff. And we have our pregame ritual with, with Ollie and Ken and the honorary Falconer. But the Timbers, what they were doing is, you know, they normally start the game with their chainsaw and they start cutting wood. That makes me laugh. They were cutting wood. And I was already you know, several beers deep into it at that point. We'd been drinking all day watching the Champions League final. Congrats to all you Liverpool fans out there. Uh, quite a win. You'll never walk alone. And congrats to Jurgen Klopp. You are now 2-6 and six in Champions League final. 
final. And, but. and sorry for our buddy LAFC Rich, man. We know that was that was a rough one for you, but we, we commiserate with you. No doubt, no doubt. But yeah, the wait what moment was this? So like I'm watching this guy saw saw wood and, and all I can start thinking of is Ollie's better, cha 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 Ollie's better, cha 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 and then People started clapping with me, and then more people started clapping with me. The next thing you know, everybody in sections 222 and 23 started going, Ollie's better. And that was pretty cool. So I would have to say, I'm, I'm not a capo or anything. I can't do that. I don't have the stamina for that. But the fact that I got to start a chant off my own comment, that was kind of cool. That was my wait, what? what moment of the game. But yo, dude, let's, let's get right into it. LAFC. We are still coming in as the best in the West and the best, best in, in the MLS. MLS. And we still feast on the East and we best the West. LAFC with 34 points in the Western Conference and the Supporters Shield leader comes into this game off a fresh win 4 2 against Montreal Impact, where we shellacked them. Portland is an outstanding 20 out of 24th place in the Supporters' <laughs> Shield. And 10th place in the West with a whopping 14 points. 20 behind us. A minus 6 goal differential. Now, I will say this. Their last game, they had a great road win against the Philadelphia Union. This was their home opener. Their first game of the season. And it happens in June. And we were happy to say, welcome home, Timbers. I'm going to say this real quick. I'm not boasting about this team. We shouldn't sleep on them. Considering the fact that this team has so many more home games going into the second half of the season, and with the addition of the outstanding Brian Fernandez to their lineup, this is a team that has the opportunity to climb the ranks of the Western Conference. But today, they would have to scale a massive wall. And I mean a massive, massive wall, Scarf. Yeah, you know, look, I'm not as worried about Portland as a lot of people are because, okay, after this game, they dropped to 11th out of 12. And just just oh, a couple hurt. of that sounded pretty painful. Just a couple of Nelson points clear of Colorado, and Colorado has been the doormat up until its last couple of games. Although picking on FC Cincinnati is not very nice. That's something that I think every club is going to wind up doing at some point this season. But look, Portland has some incredibly skilled players. The deteriorating skills of Diego Valeri are kind of hurting the team right now. But this Not to kid, his airline. <laughs> oh yeah, that poor guy. This kid though, Brian Fernandez. Look, he's no joke. Portland picked him up from Liga MX, where he was the leading scorer. And we'll talk about his 84th minute goal a little bit later in the pod. One of the nicer goals that I've ever seen live. Yeah, no doubt. Look, this team is going to be able to score with anybody. But I think what we're seeing is their back line is just still a little too porous. They haven't done anything to address that. And we definitely didn't help their minus six goal differential tonight. They added one more to that. So we're talking about, look, they're 33 different. And when it comes to goal differential, we're plus 26 Nasty. on the season right now. They're now minus seven. I like Portland as a team. I think it wouldn't surprise me if they sneak into that seventh spot. And look, as long as you get into the dance, anything can happen. But the way we played tonight, look, I think we can take them. LAFC starts the game with Bob Bradley's 4-3-3 formation in goal. Tyler Miller, Jordan Harvey, Eddie Segura, Walker Zimmerman, Tristan Blackman in his second start. My man. Oh, he's playing really well, you know, in for the injured Stephen Betashore. We had Mark Anthony Kay, Edward Atuesta, Latif Blessing, Diego Rossi, Christian Ramirez, and God, 
Carlos Vela. On our bench, Dio, Josh Perez, Danilo Silva, Lee Wynn, Andre Horta, Nico Three Umlauts, Hamalainen, Pablo Cisniega. How did the Timbers line up, Scarf? Yeah, Portland came out in their 4-2-3-1. Jeff Atanella in goal. The guy is solid back there, but oh, he yeah. was peppered left and right tonight. Bill Tuoloma, Larius Mabiala, Jorge Villafania, and Jorge Morera round out their back line with Diego Valeri, Diego Chara, and Christian Paredes in the middle. Sebastian Blanco, Andy Polo, and the mercurial talent of Brian Fernandez rounding out the 4-3-3. That's the lineups as we go into the game. Definitely a home game that was highly anticipated for the Timber Army. A whole season without seeing a home game. I mean, what, the season starts in March. They don't go till June. That was nuts. I thought opening up Bank of California Stadium April 29th, the last year, was a ridiculous way. But this was a team that was hungry. And they came in clearly a bit shook because the the only thing that we shared within the opening minutes of the game were two offside calls, one on each team. But Portland, being as feisty as they are, You can't make a mistake against a hungry LAFC team. Look, this is a team that leads the league in goals scored. And Portland made a very costly turnover early in the six minutes. As we always do, we strike with the first punch to the upper lip of the Timbers. Who else? The left foot of God himself. Carlos Vela strikes again with his 16th goal of the season, hitting a left shoey from the center of the box to the bottom right corner. And Portland, shortly after that, turned up their physicality. Look, Carlos Vela, 16 goals, 16 games. We'll talk about it later on. He also recorded his double-digit now 10th assist of the game. Is it any wonder why he is leading in the MVP race right now? The guy is incredible, but it's a lot easier to score when the opposing goalie, Jeff Atanella, passes you the ball only 18 yards out from the goal. He was able to take three dribbles all the way in. Atanella had to come off of his line, and it was an easy one there for Carlos Vela. Not the way that Atanella wanted to start the game. And look, he was upset at himself after giving up that goal. Two fists pounding into the ground after he gave it up. And look, he had no one to blame but himself on that goal. It was a textbook takeaway there for Carlos Vela. But look, the ball was passed right to him. All due respect to Carlos Vela, that one unassisted, but he would get one later on in the match. Not the way that Portland wanted to open up that stadium. No, definitely not. That's why we're calling this episode Welcome Home Timbers because we certainly welcome them to their own home. Oh, Yay, yeah. us. We definitely... Definitely we're looking forward to this game. I can't believe we, we witnessed our first away game in the way that we did. The energy was ridiculous. But, you know, I, I mentioned earlier that Portland turned up the physicality. This was a very, very hard-fought game. There were an awful, awful lot of fouls. By the time, like, we get, you know, 25 minutes or so in, Portland racking up the fouls. And the biggest offender, Diego Chara, does this guy ever go a game without being a pest in terms of, like, fouling our club dude look there there were players like that in basketball guys like Dennis Rodman come to mind or Anthony Mason come to mind dirty you know, player it, yeah it's he is almost like a Luis Suarez kind of type where he's the guy that's going to get under your skin he's going to pick on you he's going to go after your best guy 
Chara is what he lacks in talent now. He makes up for in how physical he plays, and teams know that coming in. This was a particularly physical game, but look, we know every time we play Portland, they take shots at some of our guys. They didn't go after Latif like they normally did. It seemed to be the MVP, Carlos Vela, who was getting most of the love there from Portland, fouled a bunch of times. I mean, look, we'll talk about the four yellow cards as we go through this, but it could have been easily five or six or maybe even seven yellows on Portland in this game. Could have seen a red, too. Absolutely. They came out with their predicted physicality, and, and you know, we're used to that from them, but even this was a little physical. Every action causes an equal, if not bigger, reaction. With the physicality that Portland like had into the game, you know what? Didn't stop us from striking again. 34th minute. Tristan Blackman, not only does he get his first goal of his career in the last game, but he contributes to the scoring sheet once again. He gets the assist, 34th minute, connects with Diego Rossi. Rossi registers his eighth goal of the season. You know, for eight goals, I'd have to say it's been kind of quiet, and he's kind of slumped. I mean, he had, what, <laughs> the, the hat trick game, right. which obviously helped right. pad his stats, but he comes in, eighth goal of the season, currently our second-leading scorer, and just like that, LAFC goes up 2-0. <laughs> Rossi could have had a couple of other goals in the game, too. I mean, he had that beautiful run down the left side. And all he has to do is put the shot on target, and he's got his ninth goal of the season. I think it's been a little disappointing for Diego Rossi in terms of the lack of number of times that he's finished on some excellent chances. Yep. I would also like to say, as this was brought up early on in our episodes, there is such a thing in the MLS as a hockey assist. That's right. The pass that leads to the pass that leads to the goal. MLS is the only league, I believe, in professional soccer that uses the hockey assist. And it was Carlos Vela with the hockey assist. It was Vela to Blackman to Rossi for the goal. And I'm looking at the official stat sheet for the MLS. We had this talk with a couple of our friends on Twitter that, no, they don't have the hockey assist. In the MLS, they do. In international soccer and any other league that really matters, they don't. But it is number 10 on the season for Carlos Vela. He becomes, in 16 games, the fastest player to 16 goals and 10 assists in MLS history. Is there anything that Carlos Vela cannot do? No, and I'll tell you, there was one point like during the game where the breath got taken out of like my my windpipes. He got beat up, man. Like he was basically just a punching bag and a kicking bag for for the Portland Timbers. I mean, he took a lot of beatings today, man. Like I wonder how many black and blue marks he walked away with this season. He probably has as many black and blue marks collected from these games as he has goals and assists. I mean, he was just getting knocked around, man. Yeah, we, we have a couple of players that are among the league leaders in times fouled. I know Latif is up there, Carlos Vela. Even if Carlos Vela is not among the league leaders in times fouled, it's the physicality of those fouls that really begin to add up. We saw that today. I mean, he had a rare bad hair day after a while there on the pitch, too. That's not <laughs> something we see from Carlos Vela very often. And that was from hitting the turf. Can I just say one thing, too, about Providence Park? We're in the greenest flipping state in the nation, and they can't grow grass on a 90-yard patch in the middle <laughs> of a park? Can we can we get some real grass here? Portland, come on. You guys grow grass everywhere else for every other thing. You can grow we grass, put some you grass? sell grass, you smoke grass. I mean, come on, Portland. Grow grass on your beautiful soccer stadium field. Let's go. That almost... Ended the scoring line. We thought we would have had a third goal, but it turns out that Diego Rossi was caught offside, unfortunately. But you know what wasn't offside? 
What was that? The beer shower that we collected. Okay, so I, I will say this. And for all of our members of the 3252 out there that are listening, when I have gone to away games, I know this was your first away game, Philly. Yep. But when I have gone to away games, I've actually bought seats everywhere all over the different stadiums just so that I can see the whole stadium. This was the first time that I was in what would be considered the 3252 that was traveling with us here to Portland. And again, shout out to all of our fans that traveled up from Los Angeles. There were about a thousand LAFC fans, according to a lot of the numbers there. And for both you and I, Philly, it was our first beer showers. I know there'll be a lot of our listeners that are going, wait a minute. These guys have never been in the 3252 for a beer shower. Unfortunately, we have not. I would love for us to be able to sit in the 3252 for a game and to experience it. Honestly, I didn't know that I could keep up with all this for 90 minutes, and and I impressed myself. But can I just say, our capos that go nuts for 90 minutes leading the cheers, first of all, Half the time, in fact, most of the time, they don't get a chance to watch the game. They're just getting everybody amped up. Their eyes are on us, while the rest of the fans are at least able to look towards the field. But how incredible was it to be in there amongst the thousand people that traveled up from L.A. to make Providence Park Bank of California North? It was it was an incredible atmosphere. The beer showers, after the first beer shower... I found myself, I felt like Ultimate Warrior as he's pulling on the ropes, gaining his power for more and more. Every time there was another beer shower, it was like, all right, let's go, let's go, let's go. We got more and more enthusiasm, more and more energy. It was so cool to be out there amongst the crowd in the chaos. Look, it was a great first experience for me. I know you loved it too, Philly. And what a first half that we had up to nothing. And you could tell we really took a lot of the wind out of Portland sales, but just like you and I predicted, they came out swinging in the second half. Portland was throwing guys forward, and they got one right back soon. Oh yeah, it didn't take them, you know, really long at all to to make the first strike. I mean, it happened at the start of the second half. I mean, in the 46 minute, Christian Paredes right foot shot from very close range. Tyler Miller did everything he could to stop that. He was a really, really good keeper this this day and not to say that he hasn't been but like often like our GAA with him is is very low because our back line stops so many people from getting to Tyler Miller yeah. but he definitely proved his worth with so many outstanding saves but unfortunately in that 46 minute Paredes scored the goal and there was nothing Tyler Miller could do and funny enough it seemed as if we were at an away game because well the home crowd finally woke up between all our chants and the we can't hear you stuff. Portland finally woke up, dude. You know, that crowd in Portland, look, Portland has a very rich football history and soccer tradition. They've been around since 1975, obviously not an MLS team since 75, but they have been around since 75. Philly, you told me earlier, I didn't know this, that Pele apparently played his last game ever in Portland. I thought that was kind of cool. Correct. Portland's got an incredibly rich soccer tradition. And when they scored, you know, it really kind of reminded me of being there with you at the watch party for the Mexico-Germany game (laughs) where all of a sudden the whole stadium woke up in this like collective consciousness and the amount of scarves, the amount of cheering, I will say, other than that, we couldn't hear the Timbers army. We 
definitely didn't hear anything from any of the other fans. There were just a couple of times in the beginning of the game when they had corner kicks where everybody started to cheer. But really, you know, we took a lot of the wind out of their sails for most of the game up until that goal in the 46th minute. I was a little surprised with how quiet the Timbers fans were for the most part of the game. But when they scored that goal, man, the roof kind of lifted off the place for a little bit there. And you really felt like, all right, we're going to have to weather a storm and weather it. We did up until the 54th minute where one of our old guys, Jordan Harvey, you and I talk about it before and after almost every game, how, you know, we're not sure how our guys are going to be able to hold up Jordan Harvey and the injured Stephen Betashore as they're the ones that are being thrown forward into the mix, making these crosses, having to come all the way back on defense, but an absolutely perfect ball to Latif Blessing. The defenders that were back both tracked back on the same guy, leaving Latif wide open. And all Latif did was everything he had to do. He just guided the ball in with his right foot. The goalie, Jeff Atzanella, moving to his right as Latif redirected it to his left. And that star man playing on the right, his name is Latif Blessing, and he was our game changer once again. Because he's freaking dynamite. He was awesome today. I really, you know, Latif played such a good all around game. He's really finding his stride in Bob Bradley's offense, his second goal in as many games. And I really think we're going to start to see more and more from our striker turned midfielder, Latif Blessing. No doubt. And as the match progresses after that, Portland again playing a very, very physical, ugly game. There were plenty of delays in the game because of the number of knockdown and injuries that, that seemed to be the, the case. I mean, Carlos Vela, we were mentioning all the black and blues and stuff that he was collecting. Dude, again, was getting knocked around. I mean, I'm going through the, the, the highlights on ESPN, and I'm seeing delay in match because of injury to Carlos Vela, and that's coming up a couple of times. Vela got knocked around, and as we were getting closer Christian Ramirez gets subbed out for Adama Diamande. He goes out in the 70th minute, and Ramirez, I, I felt like he kind of vanished. I mean, he had one shot. It wasn't on target, but I can't say we really saw too much from Christian Ramirez today. What do you think? You know, I was only surprised by the Adama Diamande sub when I found out he was coming in for Christian Ramirez because, honestly, from my vantage point, and I thought I could see the entire field, and I thought I was watching all 11 players for LAFC, I don't remember Christian Ramirez out there much at all. For a guy that played 70 minutes, it was a pretty empty 70 minutes for Christian Ramirez. You know, we'll see if he gets called into the Gold Cup squad for Team USA. He's got a penchant for coming up in big situations for Team USA. Last couple games he had with them, he played real well. Maybe that can kind of jumpstart his season a little bit more, but he really didn't do anything while he was out there. Dio came in, and he was Dio just being Dio, you know, a little physical, coming onto the ball, making some good runs, keeping the pressure on, really things that we didn't see from Christian Ramirez all that much, so it was nice to see Dio go back against the team that he had a little bit of a dust-up last year. Yeah, let's the, not uh, forget, he has a history with this team. Yeah, that's right. And, and you know, it, the tempers would flare yet again, and we'll talk about that as we near talking about stoppage time in the last few minutes of the game. But, you know, I think what Bob has been doing, he's kind of playing cat and mouse with his offensive game where if we fall down by a little bit, I, he puts Dio in to kind of jumpstart the offense. Otherwise, he's letting Rossi and Vela do what they do. He's letting the defenders come in and, and give some crosses. The passing from Atuesta and Kay have been incredible for the last bunch of games now. And when he feels like we need a little jumpstart, that's when he takes Christian Ramirez out for Adama Diamande. But man, 
Portland got to be the aggressor for the last 10, 15 minutes of the game. You know, actually, Philly, it reminded me a lot of the very first game that LAFC played. Both Nina and I went up to Seattle to watch us win one nothing. We scored in the 11th minute with Diego Rossi. Oh, he scored the first goal against against the the Sounders. Sounders. And for the next 70 minutes, it felt like, but absolutely for the last 15 minutes or so of that game, I mean, Seattle was throwing guys forward. They had attempt after attempt, corner after corner. This is what those last 15 minutes or so felt like for me, Philly. Oh, no doubt. And I'm sitting there. You know, there were so many delays in the game, so we knew injury time was going to be far more than just five minutes. But I'm sitting there chewing my nails. I mean, you you felt that Portland might have had a little bit of magic in them because of the way they were were playing and the hunger that they had in their game. But yeah, I mean, they come in scoring in in, in the 84th minute. Brian Fernandez had, like you were saying, one of the more prettier goals that we've ever seen live, assisted from Jeremy Ebabisi and... That woke the Timbers army up. I mean, we started really hearing them at that point. But you know what else? We started getting louder too, to the point where I feel like we drowned out the Timber army because that's the beautiful thing about the heart of LAFC, which is the 32-52. Regardless of whether or not they score, we have the teams back and the Capos and everybody that was there, the thousand plus people, they only got louder after... Portland scores and that really rejuvenated us as much as it possibly could but yeah Portland starting to get physical going into the second half I mean we were we were leading in in plenty of the offensive categories including possession shots on goal but Portland quickly turned that around and when we go through the final stats y'all are going to hear some really interesting statistics and things that we normally don't talk about on on a regular basis in terms of like where we sat in the uh, on the offensive scheme of things but they were throwing people and they were moving and they were fouling and it was just it was nerve-wracking I'm looking at my my fingernails I don't have anything to bite I was almost down in my cuticles (laughs) I was was that nervous. You know, the goal by Brian Fernandez, every time a ball goes up in the air and there's only one player with some space around the goal, I kind of jokingly but somewhat hoping yell the words bicycle kick. And I didn't even get a chance to say it out of my mouth. And wow. Look, if you're watching SportsCenter tonight or tomorrow night and you're looking for the top 10, There's no reason why that's not going to make it. Look, they lost the game 3-2, and we'll talk about the 12. That's right, 12 minutes of stoppage time in just a second. That goal by Brian Fernandez in the 84th minute, one of the prettier goals that you will see in MLS all season. Look, I know we scored three, we scored more than they did, but none was prettier than the goal by Brian Fernandez, a surefire goal of the week winner, in my opinion. And look, I tend to vote for everything LAFC all the time. Look, we took the three points, so I'm not going to feel bad voting for Brian Fernandez for goal of the week. That was an extremely pretty goal. The referee, I mean, look, we were shocked in our section when the fourth referee holds up that board and there was an eight, oh. an eight on the board, I definitely didn't think, Philly, that there were that many stoppages throughout the second half to warrant eight minutes. But to be perfectly honest, we did a great job of killing what wound up being 12 minutes of stoppage time. 
Look, we we definitely milked it a little bit. I think Diego Rossi came up with a cramp a couple of times. <laughs> uh, I know Dio Dio took he was a, dehydrated. You know, yeah, yeah. Dio took a bad fall right at the end of the game. It looked like he was favoring his back a little bit. He definitely stayed down on the turf for a while. He's one that I know could use a little bit of rest, and I wouldn't be surprised. All right, this is going to cause a little fun and controversy here on the podcast. I would not be surprised if for the Open Cup against Real Salt Lake, which we will play them, I believe it's June 11th at Rio Tinto Stadium, we drew Real Salt Lake in the fourth round of the Open Cup, and they got the home game. It would not surprise me at all if we see Fito... Zelaya playing in the Open Cup to see where he is physically in kind of the same role that I think Dio would play. But maybe we give Dio a little bit of a rest. I I definitely don't expect to see Stephen Betashore. We might see some more Tristan Blackman. We could see some more Andre Horta. Maybe we pull back a guy like Atuesta or give Latif a little bit of a rest. We see Andre Horta in the midfield. Certainly Lee Wynn will get a little extra playing time in the Open Cup. But I'll make my bold prediction. I'm predicting that we will see Fito Zelaya at some point in the Open Cup, especially if we make what would be the fifth round or is that the quarterfinal? I'm not 100% sure. Whatever the game would be after we defeat Real Salt Lake on their home turf. Wouldn't surprise me if we finally see Fito Zelaya in the black and gold. I'm going to have to uh, shout out Heart of LAFC. They posted something really funny earlier in the week where it's a picture of Fito drinking a coffee. And they're like, Fito Zelaya update. He's drinking coffee. I think we're still going to be seeing him drinking coffee. That's my thought on the matter. The, the other thing I want to mention, too, about Heart of LAFC, look, it's hashtag LAFC pod fam. We do love all of our different podcasts. There was a great one by Shoulder to Shoulder. They interviewed, was it David Torres, right, of the new Fighting Falcons, which is the Veterans Social Club. We talked about that. That was just started. Yeah, and so they had him on the podcast. But I want to mention Heart of LAFC for two reasons. One, the video that they posted about the Open Cup. Oh, yeah, great job, Jerry. That was really cool. I know he said, oh, I stayed up late and there were a lot of mistakes or whatever. But look, I, I learned a lot any. from that video. That was fantastic. And they made a really cool bracket, too, oh, yeah. uh, of Loved the it. Open Cup. So shout out to those guys doing some excellent work there. I don't have any graphic designing or computer skills of any kind when it comes to making a bracket like that. So when that's why I we outsource to the panda. Absolutely. So when I see stuff like that, I'm like, dude, that's, that was really, really cool. And no joke, I printed it out. I'm going to be following along with the Open Cup using that. And again, I know we've kind of segued away from talking about those 12 minutes and we still have to get to the stats at the end of the game. But shout out to Orange County Football Club, not OCSC, the team that was our affiliate last season, but the Orange County Football Club of the NPSL, not even a USL team upsetting OCSC to get to the fourth (laughs) round. And look, they drew... The Carson Galaxy at Carson the day after we play Real Salt Lake. They play on the 12th at Carson. I'm tempted to go down and root for OCFC as hard as yeah, I possibly can. How cool would it be that like a fourth or even fifth division team gets to go in to Dignity Health Sports Park? We've seen the things that can happen in a park like tonight. We've seen Cinderella stories before in soccer, but how cool would it be if an NPSL team goes into Carson, into that park, and knocks them out? 
and possibly gets reseeded. So someone along the line would get to play them in like a quarterfinal matchup. That would be incredible. I think so, too. I mean, I personally would love to see an El Trafico match before the scheduled ones, but we'll talk about that later. Yeah. 12 minutes of stoppage. It was the longest 12 minutes. At one point, hey, Dio and Fernandez got into it, but they were only shown a yellow card apiece. I'm thinking, oh, somebody might get booted from the game because, right. you know, Dio pushed. Dio pushed, knocked somebody down. I think it was Fernandez. You know, I love to see that from Dio. I'm sorry to say we, we need to be tough. We need to, you know, stand our ground. And, and Dio has no problem doing that, which is the great thing about him. But, you know, shortly after that, three minutes later, 12 minutes into stoppage time, probably like the 100th minute, really, or 100 plus, 102, if you will, the referee blows the whistle, and that's the final final score, three to LAFC, but here are the interesting stats. While LAFC was dominating a good portion of the game, I mean, the possession statistic went to Portland. They out-possessed the ball. It's the first time I've really seen that this season, that LAFC did not win possession. Portland, 54% to LAFC's 46%. Shots on goal. They peppered Tyler Miller a heck of a lot more than we peppered Atanella. I mean, 19 shots on goal with seven on target. LAFC 16 with five on target. And let's just go down the list real quick, Scarf. Fouls. Portland 15 to LAFC's. 12. Oh, they, they were dirty. Yellow cards. Portland with four. LAFC with. Two. No red cards. Nope. Uh, that was kind of odd. Offside split at two apiece. Corner kicks. Portland with seven. LAFC with. Four. And saves. Tyler Miller, who played an outstanding game today. He had five saves to Portland's. Just And that's all she wrote. Still the best in the West and the best Best in in the the MLS. MLS. We still feast on the East and we still best the West. Man of the match, no doubt, Carlos Vela. I'm thinking Tyler Miller was outstanding in his own right. He, He played... See, I'd say one of his better games in terms of like saves. I will, I will disagree with Carlos Vela being man of the match. I think it was absolutely Tyler Miller. I think he came up with, what, three or four huge saves throughout the game. And I have to say, I was watching him warm up with Zach Abdel, the goalkeeper's coach, and he was really moving well to both sides. First of all, watching Zach Abdel, he kind of puts the ball wherever he wants to off of his foot. And it was fun to see Tyler Miller ranging to his left, ranging to his right, making some great saves. And the way that he played, especially in that second half, there were some really key saves. For me, my man of the match was absolutely Tyler Miller with obviously Vela getting a second spot with a goal and an assist. But for me, Tyler Miller had to be the man of the match. Uh, I mean, I'm not going to fight you on that. I loved how Tyler Miller played today. He, he, He was fantastic. So... Vela led the way with seven shots, three on target. I mean, we mentioned all the other statistics. We don't necessarily need to get into them. LAFC now gets 10 days to chillax and get ready for Real Salt Lake, as Scarf mentioned earlier. Our opening cup, our opening match of the U.S. Open Cup, we are playing them at Real Salt Lake on June the 11th. Stay tuned for more uh, details on that. But not only did we win on the pitch today, Scarfy. We won in the stands. And that segues us onto our thoughts about Portland. Yeah, you know, I've been to Portland, like I had mentioned, several times before. I've been to Providence Park a couple of times. This has been an incredible atmosphere. But I've never gone and felt so accepted while wearing black and gold. I didn't wear one of our white jerseys at all during the course of our trip here. I wore black and gold every single time that we went out. 
Yesterday, it was the long sleeve black and gold jersey from our first year. Today, you were wearing your Philly jersey. I was wearing my scarf jersey. Those are black and gold. Tomorrow, I've got the long sleeve white stripe practice jersey that I'll be wearing. I'm wearing my Latif blessing. Yeah, it's a black jersey. And every time that we went anywhere, whether it was a restaurant, whether we were trying a couple of the bars, whether we were just walking up and down the street... Everyone would stop us and they would say things like, hey, welcome to the city. Thanks for coming up. We really appreciate you guys supporting Portland soccer. And no one, no one was really a jerk to us or, or you know, way over the top or anything. Look, when we were all marching in together to the stadium, there were, what, five, 600 people all marching through. Sure, the Timbers fans were giving us grief and we were giving them grief. But you really got the feeling like, other than the 90 minutes that we were on the pitch playing against them, this was a really open and accepting community. And I know that really struck a chord with the normally very skeptical and very, I don't know, second-guessing Philly over here across from me hmm. as we are recording in the beautiful, what are we at, like the Pine Tree Inn and Suites or something? Park Lane Suites. There you go. Party in room 128. There you go, room 128. Bring your booze. Hearing and seeing Philly kind of get softer and softer and softer as the the trip progressed. I think, Philly, you actually believe that Portland fans are nice people now. Dude, I'm always on high alert. I'm a cynical New Yorker, and I come from a dog-eat-dog environment. We were walking down the street from the hotel, and we passed Providence Park. And, yeah, I want to stop in front, take a picture, which we did, and we posted uh, on Instagram. And a lot of y'all like that. We appreciate that. Thank you very much. But I'm thinking you're seeing all these fans waiting out there. For those of you who don't know, in the general admission section of the, the stadium where the Timbers Army sits, like, I mean, they obviously pay for the seats, but... It's kind of like a college basketball game where they have to camp out a day or two early and that gets them positioned to have better seating within the stadium. And I'm thinking, oh no, we're going to walk by these guys and they're going to start hooting and hollering. And I'm not the hot-tempered guy that I was back in the day, but I'm thinking, God, I don't want to walk through this. People are going to start booing and all this other stuff and then I'm going to have to start getting nasty. I just I don't want that. I'm too old for this. But people were friendly. We shook so many people's hands. But at one point, my skeptical self, like a woman hands us uh, a cupcake and it's got a tree on it. A tree, a, a timber, if you will, not the, the kind of tree. But I'm thinking to myself, this is great. And I'm like, hey, Scarf, check this out. I kind of handed it off to him because I'm thinking, by the looks of this lady, this thing is totally laced with something. Yeah, so you handed it to me instead of taking it. Thanks for that, by the way. But then Panda came through and she was like, oh, cupcake and took it. I'm like, sweetie. You don't smoke or do anything, so if you happen to feel weird in the next couple of hours, don't worry, I, I got your back. But, you know, I was cynical about everything. Oh, and then skeptical. there were a bunch of people at the bar across the street going, hey, guys, come on in, or if you don't come here, go to that bar across the street. I'm like, these guys are setting us up for a jumping. Like, that's what I thought the whole time. But that wasn't to be the case. The people of Portland were so, so pleasant. They were great. Later Absolutely. on in that night, we went back to that bar, and there was, what, like 12 Timbers fans yeah. in there? And... We just had a great conversation with them. We bought each other drinks. We we had a grand old time, and I have nothing but good things to say about this city, the, the Portland Timber fans. Like you guys welcomed us with open arms. It was a fantastic atmosphere. I mean, we were rivals on the pitch, but friends off of it. Hats off to you, Portland. You definitely changed my perspective on a lot of things, <laughs> and you made me realize how unbelievably cynical and jaded I am. <laughs> and look, shout out to things like Blue Star Donuts and Powell's Books, and we just really and got beer. To, shout hey, out beer. Man, there are a lot of breweries here in Portland. 
And the food, oh man, Tasty and Alder. If you guys haven't been there for breakfast, for those of you that are still staying for a couple more days, go to Tasty and Alder for breakfast. We went to Brick's Tavern for, for brunch today. There are just so many good places to eat. There are just so many fun things to do here in Portland. It's a great city to come and visit. The real bummer, we found out on June 30th, they're actually going to be doing away with all of the Portland food carts. A place... Uh, so dumb. Yeah, you know, a an establishment bought the land that they're seated on and they're going to build this 35 story hotel instead and take out all these food carts it's such a portland thing to come up and go to the food carts and look you can now highly recommend this too philly the eggy pocket is like the greatest thing i've ever had in my life it was absolutely incredible but if you guys aren't up here after June 30th, you're going to miss the food cart scene here in downtown Portland. It's incredible to to really take part in and, and to try some of the different food and everything. It's all going to be gone after June 30th. This was, again, such a great city. From the minute we oh, landed man. in the airport until the time where we were walking to the game and every minute after that, it's been so accepting and so much fun to be a part of. And not a bad one for your first away game too, huh, Philly? No, it's great. I mean, again, I'm covered in beer. I might as well change my name from Philly to Filthy right now because everything <laughs> just feels sticky. Oh, it's, it's clever. Look at that. It's gross. But yeah, again, hats off to you, Portland. Hats off to you, Timbers Army. You guys were, were outstanding. But we went on the pitch and we went in the stands and we take it to Providence Park. Welcome home, Timbers. Sorry for your loss. Yeah. And again, we move even further clear in the Supporter Shield race. Today was not a good day for most of the teams looking up at us in the Western Conference. We had the 1-1 tie between the Dynamo and Sporting Kansas City. Obviously, Portland lost. And of course, the Seattle Sounders losing today as well. So it's really just that team down in Carson that keeps the pressure on us. We'll see what happens with them. They played the New England Revolution tomorrow. And interestingly enough, Bruce Arenas comes back to Carson as the opposing head coach. That's right. And I'm really looking forward to seeing what Bruce has in store for the Lions. So go Revs tomorrow. But again, if they don't get a result, we're we're pretty far clear of a lot of these teams in the standings for the Supporters' Shield. But look, Supporters' Shield means nothing if you can't take it all the way home. The Patriots were undefeated until they got to the game that mattered most and Thank couldn't you, take David it all Tyree. the way home. So it's one of those things where Supporters' Shield is great, and it would be nice to have our first little piece of hardware, some sort of an award. Oh, it will when we win the U.S. Open Cup. Yeah, it'll definitely feel good after we win the Open Cup. We take home the Supporters' Shield and win the MLS Cup for the domestic double. That would be awesome. But let's go one one step at a time. I loved what Bob talked about. He said, you know, yeah, we're having a great season, but we don't have any trophies yet. In fact, it's been our academy teams that have been winning all the trophies. Congratulations again to our academy teams in the Manchester City Cup. Again, more success for us. Our academy, I can't wait for these kids to get, what, five, six, seven years older when we're going to start to develop maybe a USL-type squad. We'll have LAFC too, and it'll be a lot of these kids that have done nothing but win trophies on their way up. So it's going to be fun once we develop those guys. Shout out to the academy, the best academy in the MLS, if not professional soccer right now. 
But we'll see what happens in the Carson game. But either way, like you said, we have 10 days off, a little bit of a break, and we'll give our guys some time to rest. No doubt. June 11th, we go to Real Salt Lake for the opening match of the U.S. Open Cup. And that about sums up everything we wanted to say for, for the game today in our time in Portland. One thing that I want to just point out real quick, and it's kind of a bummer, we interviewed Javi Perez you know, a couple of weeks ago. No, we didn't jinx him because we interviewed Philip Edgermato too, and he's killing it at FC Tucson. But <laughs> we interviewed him, and look, bud, you tore your ACL. We, we really wish you a speedy recovery. Thoughts and prayers are out to you. We really want to get you back out there and onto that training pitch. And look, whatever you need from us, let us know. We're, we're some of your biggest fans. Get well soon, Javi Perez. Yeah, you know, in our time that we've got off in the month of June, we've been able to do a lot of great interviews that we'll be dropping throughout the month and like Philly just mentioned we've got that interview coming with Javi Perez an incredibly interesting story the kid spent 15 years in the Valencia Academy definitely a great story to listen to I hope you guys can check that interview out once it finally drops but we will have the caveat that we recorded that before he unfortunately tore his ACL for the second like time 10 days before yeah so he's going to be working on his third ACL in that knee and I, I we were just really again Wish all the best to Javi Perez. You know, that about wraps up our episode, Philly. And this almost wraps up, by the way, our time in Portland again. We have had a great time here. And that ends our episode here from Portland. You guys know how we like to end all of our episodes. Bye-bye.